0: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co you got problems that you ought to be concerned with you don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to- it. you're a freak with a dark shameful secret but you're not the only one get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun now your healing has begun it's bad with money with gabby dunn hello and welcome to this week's bad with money mailbag episode i'm gabby dunn our brand new season starts march 16th march 16th march 16th march 16th that's a wednesday we are back with full Wednesday episodes. I've talked to black vegan activist, Christopher Soul Eubanks, all about the economics of veganism. And I've also talked to the Cancer for Breakfast podcast hosts about pinkwashing and cancer fundraising, which is an episode i wanted to do for so long. I fully expect that one to get a lot of responses. I cannot wait to share those episodes with you. So yes, Bad With Money is finally coming back, 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 back again. We are starting brand new whole episodes Wednesdays on March 16th. Mark your calendars. Our first episode explains how you can invest in ESG funds, aka an attempt at ethical investing. Again, we are back every Wednesday starting March 16th. Can you tell that I'm excited? On today's show, we're going to cover emails from you about Pfizer non-conspiracy theories, a timely request for an ESG episode, it's like this person read my mind, a question about public service student loan forgiveness, and an amazing email reply to that hairdresser from a past mailbag who wanted to commit tax fraud. (laughs) In the second half of the show, I will listen to a voicemail from you, read some Discord comments, and read a list of our new patrons. Stay tuned. Let's get into these emails. This email is from Eliza and it says, Hello, Gabby. First of all, big fan. I am making my way through JBU and BWM, and even though they cover some serious topics, they make me think and bring joy to my day. Aw, thank you, Eliza. Also, as previously mentioned, I haven't listened to every episode of BWM yet, but you mentioned ESGs, which reminds me that I don't think you have done one about institutional divestment from ethically iffy, I can't think of a better term, industries. I know you focus more on personal finances, but it is an important topic that has been gaining speed in the last few years. I'm a college student and part of the divestment campaign at my school, so that would be cool to hear about. You could interview students and professors who have been part of past successful movements, such as the one at Columbia, which was one of the first, or current students working on campaigns. I know at Harvard, the school cited their fiduciary responsibilities as a reason for divestment so you could explore the volatility of the fossil fuel industries. There are also some lawyers who specialize in suing schools for being invested in fossil fuel industries. I could find out the name if needed. I have more ideas if you are interested. Thanks, Eliza. So if you don't realize, if you're a college student, um, your college's endowment is invested, and you might find that it is invested in things that you don't agree with, such as guns or fossil fuels. And if you look into that and you see that, you actually have the power to ask them to change it. We could do a whole episode about it, but uh, yes, you actually can ask your college not to invest in things you don't believe in or that you think are not aligned with the college's values. It's pretty cool, actually. This is an email from Sarah. It says, Hi, Gabby. Thank you so much for the libertarian email and the responses. I meant to send in my own thoughts, but the ones you read did better than I could have. The one thing that wasn't addressed was the power the government gave Pfizer. I'm not jumping to the anti-vax conclusions the first email writer did, but it is an interesting question. Adam Conover covered it in his Factually podcast with Financial Times global pharmaceutical correspondent Hannah Kutchler. I'm not sure you can promote another podcast. I can. But Hannah Kutchler's work is really interesting and worth looking into. The government gave Pfizer a lot of resources they have used to boost their brand image and sell a lot of products all over the world. It isn't an insignificant financial boost paid for by U.S. citizens. Thanks, Sarah. And then Sarah linked to the episode that Adam Conover did, which I will put in the description of this episode. But yes, pharmaceutical companies are definitely very shady and definitely hard to square with what we need to do to end the pandemic. So I am very interested in this topic. I'll be giving that episode of Adam Conover's podcast a listen. This is an email from Amanda, and it says... As someone who has a fight, flight, or freeze reaction to all things finance, I really do enjoy your podcast. I am currently having a fight, flight, and freeze response to the Temporarily Expanded Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. The Temporarily Expanded Waiver ends after 10-2022. I've been working for qualifying nonprofits since before the start of the program in 2007. In order to apply for the PSLF, you need to consolidate loans in a very specific way. It seems that if I mess up this step, I will be paying loans for the rest of my life. Here's my situation. I have both undergraduate loans, payments starting 2006, and graduate school loans, payments starting 2018, that are both FFELP Stafford and Direct loans. I know I need to consolidate the FFELP loans. I think based on what I'm reading, this will make the whole consolidation loan date back to 2006 in terms of qualifying payments. Is that right? Let me tell you something about loans. Is that from everything I've experienced in my life and from everything I've read and listened to on this show, they make this complicated for a reason. They don't want you to get, <laughs> they don't want you to get out of paying them. It's a total scam and it's a total mindfuck and I hate it. Okay, back to Amanda. For the direct loans, of which I have many, do I leave them unconsolidated From what I'm reading, it looks like consolidating all the direct loans together would reset the clock to only counting payments from now on, but that seems to be the opposite of my soon-to-be-consolidated FLELP loans, which will become a direct loan. Oh my god. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, Amanda. I waited an hour on the phone to talk to FedLoan and ended up more confused than when I started. Oh my God, you guys! This is this is my whole life is waiting on the phone to ask questions like this, and then and then not really getting any answers. I swear, I do this like three times a week. Okay, back to Amanda. Can I safely consolidate my FFELP loans now? Two that are already consolidated FFELP loans from 2006. Do I do anything with my direct loans? Any way to get my 2018 direct loans on the same repayment timeline as my 2006 loans? I don't even know how to ask the right question in an intelligible way. Help and thanks. Good God, Amanda. I don't know. I don't have the answer to these. I think loan consolidation works depending on interest rates. Like to me, when I was looking at doing it, it really just depended on what had a better interest rate. Um, I would definitely be super careful. Like you said, I think you feel like if you make a misstep, it will result in problems with the loans. And like, honestly, I don't want to freak you out, but I think that is the case because they are praying and hoping and wishing you will make a mistake. So I definitely think it's worth getting back on the phone and just even if you're like at the end of an hour, still not sure what anything they've said means, ask again. That's their job to be on the phone with you. Like, that's their job. You're not bothering them. Okay. This email is from Miss Jenny. Hey, Gabby, I'm Miss Jenny, all one name, and I'm a big fan of the pod. I'm a Gen Xer with a passion for financial self-education, and I mod a financial discussion group on FetLife, the financial roundtable. God, I lo- FetLife is a website for people in the fetish community, and I love that website. Okay. It's about actual fiscal information and discussions. It has nothing to do with fin dom, sugaring, or bankruptcy blackmail kinks. We're just kinky people talking about vanilla finances. Anyway, a makeup artist wrote into you a little while ago asking why she should bother reporting her freelance income and paying taxes. I'm not making a moral judgment call, but I do want to give her a heads up. When she renews her license biannually with the DCA, Department of Consumer Affairs, the IRS gets alerted. First, I hope to the gods that she is licensed or she could get into more of a world of sh- if she's servicing clients unlicensed. But yeah, if you haven't done your taxes recently and the IRS sees you've renewed your license, they'll want to know what's up. I know because I'm a licensed esthetician, but I haven't worked in years. I just like to keep my license current. But the last time I renewed, I got a letter from the IRS demanding I report my income. I had to write to them three times. The last time with my analog letter in a big, bright yellow manila envelope, pretty much saying I am just keeping my license valid. I am a homemaker, motherfuckers. The other thing the makeup artist and others who work under the table need to know this year is that PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Stripe, Square, etc. are now sending 1099s to people who receive regular payments from people, especially when marked for business or for goods and services. This is not a new tax law. I'm making this clear because some newbies in my financial group with reading comprehension challenges started panicking. The laws are the same. If you make more than $600 a year by regularly selling goods and services, you must pay taxes. This is just cracking down on the informational aspect of enforcement. For the people in the back, selling personal items for extra cash doesn't count. You don't have to pay taxes on money earned from a yard sale. Depreciated items sold at a loss. Yet, if you sell a big ticket item at a profit, there may be a capital gains tax, which has nothing to do with self-employment. Sorry for the tangent, but there was one absolutely delightful cishet white male boomer in my group who simply could not wrap his head around this concept. So if someone is doing freelance salon services, selling items at a farmer's market, mowing lawns, or doing independent sex work or entertainment where they accept payments, more than $600 a year, from any of those apps, start setting 30% aside and plan on getting your taxes done for 2022. Or you'll have to go to cash and gift cards only. That's the scoop. Thanks for such a great podcast. You're doing a public service, Miss Jenny. I love to hear from the FetLife community. Honestly, haven't heard from them enough. Would love to hear more from them. Um, yes, this was such an informative email. Thank you so much, Miss Jenny. I think taxes, uh, when you're in those kind of industries are so complicated. And yes, unless you deal in cash or gift cards, you do have to pay taxes and they will come and find you. Okay. This email is from Sarah. It says, hello, Gabby. And then guess what? Guess what Sarah recommends? This is information for Hugh in Vancouver. Cryptocurrency is absolutely a libertarian scam turning into a cult. The ultimate point is to drain public services and not pay taxes. Wait for it. Please watch the video essay. Line goes up by folding ideas. Wow. Three separate emails about this Dan Olson guy. Anyway, Sarah says, it does a phenomenal job of explaining cryptocurrency, NFTs, and all the nonsense that goes with them in a digestible way. No one is dumb for not understanding it because it's clouded with nonsense complexity just to make it sound legitimate. But it's not. It's gambling and it will not help artists or people with low incomes. That was just a fad to get more rubes to buy into the scam. If there are progressives pushing cryptocurrency out there, they are either scamming or being scammed or both. Not to mention it's bad for the environment. Mining crypto uses more energy than many countries. It's a bad idea in a million ways. So please watch the video essay line goes up for a dive into exactly why so you don't get duped. Da damn, line goes up. You guys have really latched onto that. Okay, I'll finish it. It's two and a half hours long. I'm going to finish it, guys. Okay, stay tuned for the second half of the show. I will be listening to a voicemail. I will be reading some Discord comments. And I will give you a list of our new patrons. to our two new patrons at patreon.com slash gabby dunn we have claudia and nadia oh they rhyme i didn't even realize that well thank you so much to claudia and nadia uh now i'm going to read some comments from the discord and then i will hear a voicemail from the great state of texas first of all this is a little bit of feedback from the discord someone said I don't give an F about how the stock market is doing, although obviously no shade to those who do. So I wish Gabby would say like, if you don't want a stock market update, fast forward two minutes. Not a big deal, but still. And then someone else wrote, I like to pretend that I know what Gabby is talking about when they do stock market updates. So if anyone can hear the podcast outside my car, they'd be like, wow, that girl knows stocks. When in reality, I have no idea what is going on, LOL. Wow, well, thank you for the feedback. I really appreciate it. Um, And then this, is just a heads up that someone gave on the discord that says my audiobook is available on libro.fm so you don't have to use amazon or audible. So yes, people were talking about listening to the audiobook of Bad with Money the book while on while we've been on hiatus from longer episodes, I personally read that audiobook. It is me, my voice. So if you are missing out on the longer episodes, go ahead and give my audiobook a listen. It is my actual voice reading the book. You cannot go wrong. One final thing from the Discord is that people were talking about good places to donate to. And one of my Discord friends said that they crowdsourced some of these when they got a big raise. And they encourage folks to do that, especially in terms of finding local places to donate to or local charities. So this is a list of some of the ones that this person recommends. Local Mutual Aids. Then for LGBTQ justice, they recommend Trans Lifeline and the Trevor Project. For autism rights, they recommend AutisticAdvocacy.org and AWNNetwork.org. They also recommend for Native Sovereignty, uh, RealRealDewaMesh.org, which is local to them. Red Nation and QueerTheLand.org, which are both not local uh, to this person, but available for anyone. And then they also recommend for abortion rights, abortionfunds.org, which I personally love. You can find your local abortion fund there. Also, foodispower.org, which has to do with food empowerment. So those are just some examples of places that you can donate to. But yes, as this person said in the Discord, look up local charities for yourself or local organizations that you believe in for yourself. But that's just a jumping off point. I thought this person did a really good job of curating. Okay, so now we're gonna listen to a voicemail and then I will let you go into your beautiful weekend. Hey, Gabby, this is Lauren in Austin, Texas. I'm actually a tech recruiter and can agree with the recommendation of using coding boot camps to change careers. One that I'd recommend and have hired many people from is Hack Reactor. Thank you so much. Last week's mailbag episode, we gave some other examples of coding boot camps that you should look into. It was not the same as this one that you just recommended, Lauren, so thank you for adding another to the list. Apparently, coding boot camps are a really great way to build up skills that will look good to recruiters. Thank you for that recommendation. I would love to hear from all of you. If you have more recommendations, if you have thoughts on big pharmaceutical companies, if you have thoughts on the existence of a financial group for the website FetLife, which makes me so happy. Um, If you have thoughts on ESGs, guess what? Our next full episode is all about ESGs. Please write in or anything else that you want to tell me about. Email me at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voicemail if you prefer. Join our online communities at Instagram, Discord, Patreon, and Facebook. All of the links to all of that stuff will be in the episode description. The Discord is so fun. Um, It is always popping off, as I say. And I probably sound um, like a loser when I do use that term. But it is truly popping off. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so that we can get on the charts and spread the word. Also, did you know that you can rate the show on Spotify? I just learned that. Okay, anyway, thanks. Bye! Done. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.